Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. In these episodes of this podcast, I will be sitting down with various guests to connect over who they are, their happiness, and lessons they've learned. I believe life is like a book. Each chapter is a piece of our development and growth with the good, the bad, and everything in between that ultimately makes up our story. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences and opinions throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season three finale of Unofficial Book Club. I'm super excited. I have another dear friend of mine here with me, someone who is in that same group of girls that I've talked about multiple times in this podcast. Please welcome Kayla Hickman. Kayla, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. It is a true honor. And yes, uh, for the audience, I am uh, a seashell. So. <laughs> You're a part of that cult. <laughs> I am branded with a seashell tattoo. <laughs> and so I'll start by saying, I guess we have now officially known each other for 10 years, which is insane. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it's wild. And I think back to kind of when I first met you, and I don't think my opinion of you has changed at all. I think I've always thought, and this is for lack of a better word, but I just always thought you were super cool. Like literally at the most basic level, I was just like, Kayla's super cool. I hope she likes me. And I was just, because some of our other mutual friends are easy to read. And I don't think you've always been easy to read. But at the very beginning, I was like, she seems super cool. Like, I hope she likes me. Yeah. You know, it's the Scorpio rising. (laughs) So like sometimes like, because I'm not very like direct with how I show love Mm. or appreciation. It's very like, once you get to know me, but sometimes people are like, do you even like me? I'm like, I'm spending time with you. Like I literally (laughs) don't spend time with anyone that I don't like. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's just, that's the measure. (laughs) (laughs) Then that's good to know. (laughs) But I do, I think. And also like, I met you at a time where we were like in high school or college and you're still figuring out who you are and whether or not people like who you are and wanting to impress people. So it makes sense. But I'd also say you're probably one of like, you're one of those people that I think is very sure of herself, whether or not you agree, but I've always gotten the impression that you're very sure of yourself. I've also always gotten the impression that you're incredibly passionate and like very determined and uh, like in everything and with every value that you hold close to you is just with like fury and passion and dedication and uh, determination. I, can you write my resume? (laughs) No, I mean, I'm going to go back to astrology. That's my Aries moon, man. I'm a super intense person. Like I, and I was talking to my friends recently about this because I've been thinking about this, um, an attribute that I really dislike about people. And I think it's because I'm just an intensely passionate person is like apathy. And so anytime mm. like people are really apathetic, like I love people that are super opinionated. Like let's have a two hour debate about like, if we like lemon bars or brownies more, like I'm into it. Like I, I will debate anything. That's <laughs> like, so funny. I, yeah. one of my friends is like that and she's a lawyer and she likes to debate and argue and have a conversation like that. And I, I think it depends on who and what and everything, because I, even with all my conviction, 
like my feelings can get hurt really easily. And I hate <laughs> to admit not. it. Bars are really important to me. Yeah, like the minute you say that, I'm just like, wow. And, and you know what that means? It means you hate me. Like that's exactly what I got from this. Like, I feel personally victimized by your opinion. Actually. Literally, <laughs> literally. Which is why I wonder if reality TV is something I should watch with my friends because that stuff really like when you analyze a person or a character like that or drama or something, you really truly are like analyzing yourself or the way that you react to things or whatever else. And that's where your feelings can get real hurt. Yeah. I mean, reality TV is like this really like deeply um, interpersonal thing it reveals a lot about you depending on your opinions about certain people um within the show so yeah I could definitely see how that would be um and maybe you know my my feelings do get hurt sometimes but for the most part maybe it's that like surety like I'm like very like if I think I'm right I'm just like no I'm right you're wrong (laughs) like (laughs) I wish I had that that's great to have like that conviction is really important and I mean, it will get you in trouble sometimes. Yeah, it will get you in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, but I do. I like that. And so I think a lot of that passion probably comes out in a lot of the work you do. So I will say you got your BA in environmental and sustainability studies and you're a sustainability coordinator. And as I've said, you're a very passionate person, but you're passionate about the environment, about sustainability. Um, And so do you want to tell us a little bit about that and kind of how you chose that major or that field of study or what got you there? Um, yeah, so I am a sustainability coordinator and so I coordinate all sustainability. No, um, (laughs) (laughs) so so I work for, um, my local parks department, which is kind of a change of pace because, um, out of school, I was mostly working in higher education, um, and doing a lot of education and outreach with, um, university students, which was awesome. I really miss that a lot. Um, being away from it has made me realize that I really miss it. My main job is just like looking at an organization as a whole and, um, assessing what we can do within our operations or even how we interact with the community. Cause you know, nothing lives in a vacuum and can make it more sustainable more specifically, um, just because climate change is literally everything. Um, Climate change is like the biggest crisis I believe that society is facing and it's interconnected to other Mm -hmm. crises um, and just going to exacerbate them. But so most of my my life's work has been dedicated to climate action and looking Mm -hmm. at how organizations can reduce their carbon footprint. Um, so I do greenhouse gas accounting, see how we're emitting all those things and how we can transition them to cleaner options. So um, really just trying to uh, push against um, push against this narrative that it can't happen because a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, we can't do it. It's too hard. It really isn't that hard. We have all the solutions. Um, it's the year 2023. So um, let's get on it. <laughs> <laughs> But like, um, it's a really, really, really hard field to work in. It's not for the faint of heart. It's even like some, I I mean, every day I go back and forth if I want to continue working in this field because it's very depressing. I like to call it the terror dome because like, I really wish that I didn't know as much as I do know. And I'm not going to talk about it. (laughs) I don't want to like, I don't want to like anybody else with it, but like it's terrifying. (laughs) So 
So and something that people like, there are people who don't believe that climate change is real. So not only is it like this terrifying thing and this frustrating thing, but then like to have people actively yeah. believe in it, I can't imagine. Yeah, I got into like this weird side of TikTok where <laughs> I saw this like all these disaster videos from like oh, 2023 God. and it was like, you know, my climate anxiety is like, Ooh. but then like I read all the comments and it was like, he is coming, he has risen. And it was like people believe like connecting like this to like the second coming of Christ. And I was just like, oh, no, like <laughs> climate change. <laughs> human and do is like mm-hmm. we can do something about it and we can save people yeah and so um that narrative is like really scary to me mm-hmm. um but I try not to focus too much on it because I would say now more than ever like there's so many people activated about this mm-hmm. and really pushing um people who are in positions of power to actively do something about it um but I will go to your second part of the question um how did I get into this type of work honestly Netflix um really (laughs) weird but like I've been asked this a lot at job interviews and I'm just like Netflix dude so in high school Netflix like when we were in high school Netflix was just starting to be a streaming site and streaming started being a thing and that was the first time I ever had access to documentaries so um beyond like Imagine 16 year old Kayla sitting on the couch, flipping through Netflix. And I'm like, I'm going to watch a documentary. And five documentaries later, I find out that uh, climate change is a thing. The earth is dying and we need to do something about it. And I was like, why has no one ever told me about this? Like, it was insane. Like, insane moment. Um, My parents, like, threatened to, like, turn off Netflix or get rid of it because like every day I would go upstairs to dinner I'd be like guess what I learned today I'd be like yep I'm becoming a vegetarian because I uh watched a whole documentary about factory farming and mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit's fucked up you know like yeah um and I perfect like <laughs> yeah. that's a perfect way to explain so many moments in my childhood is like seeing a documentary or reading a book for school and all of a sudden like my entire life changed and just yeah I'm that just one like moment. I gotta do something yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the really awesome thing about kids and young people is that they do that because they like, they still believe they can make a change and they're really idealistic, which is why I really miss working with young people a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would write, I wrote a couple of letters to President Obama and I really like wholeheartedly believed that he was going to read them. (laughs) You know, like I was like, yeah, in it. and yeah, so and it's interesting because I don't come like I did not come from a politically active family like at all. Um, and so kind of the trajectory of my life really like in why I'm so passionate about politics and just issues that have been politicized because it's weird because it's like these issues shouldn't be politicized, but they are. So we got to get yeah. into it. Um, but yeah, my parents were kind of like, where is this coming from? What is this? Like, you know, like they just call me like a tree hugging hippie. <laughs> I studied this though. This is like my degree. Like, I'm not just like, no, no offense to the word hippie, but I'm not just like a hippie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're pushing for change and like actively going out of your way to look for it. So that's crazy. So did you know, kind of going into college, you were like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. This is like, this is it. Well, not, I think my trajectory was like a little bit different because so since I was a kid, I really thought I was going to be like a scientist. 
And when I started learning about these issues, I, I loved the ocean. Like I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like That's she, what I remember. Yes. Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah. I was, so like, I was like, I'm going to be a Marine scientist. Yeah. I went to coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, go Chanticleers. Like, and <laughs> then I was like, whoa, 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 no. Well, one, I didn't like coastal. Like, yeah. No shade. <laughs> um, but it just wasn't the right school for me. Um, and I, I was, I was still like, I'm going to be a scientist. I go to George Mason university to do environmental science. And I just got like super bummed out. Cause I was just like, there's not enough like policy classes though, for me, like I kept always coming back to like the policy sort of thing. And even at George Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I did get a BA and I found out about this. It was a newer program back then. Um, it, I think it had been created like maybe two or three years before, Mm -hmm. um, in this kind of like new age college, um, where they were really interdisciplinary. And so I found this major of like, oh, I can like study sustainability. And I really saw sustainability as like this vehicle to solve the problems rather than study them, which there is a time and place and it's very important work, but it just wasn't necessarily what I knew I was mm-hmm. meant to do. Um, so it was like, I went into college thinking like, I'm going to study coral reefs and came out like, oh, I'm going to try and change the world and try to make it more sustainable via other vehicles. So that's, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I always wondered, like, I, I, I mean, this is a whole different topic, but I think to have somebody at the age of 18 decide like what they want to do and how they're going to do it crazy and like not prepared at all. Like I was applying for colleges and had no idea where I wanted to go, no idea what I wanted to study. And I think I would do it not differently because I didn't have a great time. I had a great time, but I think if I did it now, it would be very different. And I would have gone in the same route, but I think I would have taken it more seriously and all these other things. And to be able to combine two things like that would be really, really cool. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's so many I wish we could build our own majors in some way. Cause like you could take yeah. pieces from everything to kind of make yourself a more like whole or like well-rounded person in multiple different studies. Yeah. That was what this college was doing. Cause I forget what the the majors were called, but there were other majors where it was kind of just like a build your own major type thing. Yeah. And an advisor and kind of did exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I totally agree with the 18 year old thing. If I were to go and do it all over again, like one, I'd wait until I was 25 to get my bachelor's because then you could apply for FAFSA yourself. You're obviously not making enough money. So then you're going to get those, those Pell grants, those subsidized student loans. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like a really smart move. And then you also just like your brain is fully developed. <laughs> So you're just going to know like what, like what you want to do. I know. I think like the, the years leading up to that, you should just like mess around and you're selling your parents insurance. So you yeah. just like, spend those years, you know, making money, like figuring out what you yeah. like to do, learning about yourself. And then you go to college. At yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And like thinking about like the first two years of college are so basic with what you're studying that like realistically none of those math classes I needed or need now and like it's a waste of those first two years to take those kind of classes when I could have taken so many more that were so centered in like various things that I liked 
Oh, it's a scam, dude. It's a scam. It's so that all those, it's just such a, it's the biggest scam ever. I mean, U.S. higher education is, I, as yeah. someone who worked in higher education for a long time, it's a messed up business. Yeah. So then are there any other things that you're very passionate about? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm passionate about a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm passionate about social issues. Um, obviously, I, I think like if I, I'm really concerned when people aren't. And I mm. think a lot of times it's like folks who aren't impacted by those issues, which I find like really uh, alarming. Um, so <laughs> I'm really passionate about reality TV. Mm like deeply and um it gets a bad rap but like yeah people just like literally like the the season finale of Vanderpump Rules was my <laughs> super bowl when oh my gosh Kendall literally Scandal came out on my birthday do you know how honored <laughs> you know how honored like it came out public <laughs> on March 3rd 2023 <laughs> will go um, down in Bravo history. It will go down in history. And I remember the exact moment where I was. And I'm sorry if anyone's listening and doesn't know what Scandal is, but like get hip. I was in Seattle at Comic-Con because also another thing I'm very passionate about is anime. Um, and like I came upstairs after this like fan meet and greet and Jamila was like, you will never believe what just happened. She got to tell you. Yeah. She must've like. It must yeah, great. She was like, it's just like, you're going to need to sit down. And I was like, oh my God, like what's going on? What's going on? And, she, and then she told me and I was like freaking out. No, I was obsessed. But yeah, so that's what I'm really passionate about. Reality TV. <laughs> reality TV all day, every day. And we can't even go into Love Island because that would be a whole different. Well, and I haven't watched a ton of Love Island. So really? Yeah, I'm, I've only fully watched season two of the UK Okay. I pretty much almost fully watched season five of UK. So I've watched okay. the best seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Um, I'm I'm not as big into like the dating shows. I have gotten more into them recently. Um, I love Love is Blind and Ultimatum, even though they're, you know, really toxic and bad. I, I almost applied to be for on Love is Blind for DC. Stop. And then this past season, because of how horrific the men were, Sorry, not this past season, but the season before. All of them, but sure. All, every single one of them. I was like, it's so like not okay to me that like the producers are putting women in danger. Like, it, and that's like how I see it. It just made me really uncomfortable. I was like, I, yeah, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do it. Um, but yeah, I was like very close to like almost doing like DC. <laughs> I'm like my jaw is on the ground. I would, I, I don't know if I could. Like that's. That's wild. That's very brave of you to go on that, that show crazy. and do that. Wouldn't you be obsessed though? Like knowing, so I'm like, if I knew someone, someone, I would. That is gonna be on the DC Love Is Blind. Like I, I would. I, I know. I would cringe. I think. I think I'd be really uncomfortable. I would just be so curious how they're portrayed because that's like would be the mm-hmm. first person I knew in real life that would be portrayed in some type of way on reality TV, and it would be really interesting. I think that's, yeah, that's a better, yeah, that's what I would watch it for to know, like, if I, I know you, who you are in real life and to see the edit that you get would tell me a lot about the show. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would be so interesting. I find reality TV, like, I wish I could teach a class on it. I wish I could write a thesis paper. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I could, like, I should start a podcast talking about reality TV. Like, I want to talk about that all the time. Like, we'll just do a podcast about reality because, like, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah. (laughs) If you already sit there and talk about it anyway, you might as well record it and put it out there somewhere. I would love to listen to that. And then if you get (laughs) experts on or producers, like, even better. Let's get into my first topic at hand, which is happiness. Kayla, can you define happiness for me in your own words? Yeah. Um, so it's not my own words. I actually have a couple of quotes. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, um, I don't know. So I, like, because I was, I was thinking about this. And um, so one, I, I'm really obsessed with this poet. His name's Hafez. Unfortunately, I don't speak Farsi. The original poems are in Farsi, but I read like translations. And so there's this one poem that he had and it really stuck with me. And it was like, within arms reaches all I desire. So I never am in want. And it's kind of like oversimplifying like gratitude a little bit. But there's like another quote that I found that was like, the foolish man seeks happiness in the distance the wise grows it under his feet. And I thought that to be just like such a powerful quote. Um, Who's that by? I don't know. Um, I'm so sorry to whoever prophesized that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and I think that's kind of what I mean is that it's centered around being really present in the present moment and having a lot of gratitude. And sometimes it's so hard to think of anything that you would be grateful for. But I even look back at like the pandemic, right? Like that was like a very horrific like Mm -hmm. time. Um, But I, I look back now, like so fondly on those times. And I was struggling a lot with my mental health during that, that time, like a lot of other folks. And I just wish I would have, savored a little bit more like what that actually was like that pause in time it felt like time paused mm-hmm. and it it was so peaceful like me and your sister Mo were together all the time like cooking crafting I crafted so much like I got my cats like yeah. during, during COVID and I could spend all day with my cats like and now I'm expected to go back into the office <laughs> and act like nothing ever happened and it's just like I do like look back really fondly on those days and I wish in that moment I realized and I think there's a lot of moments in my life like that and so when I do have a moment and I do appreciate and I don't think about what I don't have or what I do want or what I'm not looking forward to like I'm I'm just in general a lot happier um and so but that is like, it's so hard right now for me, because like, I just struggle so much with like, like a lot of people, a nine to five job. I just feel like trapped all the time. Definitely a free spirit. Like I just hate schedules um, (laughs) and I hate responsibility. (laughs) Um, And so like, I struggle a lot with it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I just kind of have to remind myself like, okay, like, what are you grateful for? What do you have right now that you're going to look back and, and wish that you were back in that moment, you know? Yeah, I think not to take away, like you said, from any of the horrible things that happened during the pandemic. But yeah, there's a certain knowing also that everybody else kind of was on pause in some way, like everybody's life had to kind of stand still from what it normally was so that we could figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I appreciated what that meant. Especially coming out of it and now feeling like you either have to catch up or you have to like 
go along with, you know, the way everything's moving, I think socially and whatever else that like back in that time, everything was kind of paused and there was something really nice to that. It was like a prolonged like snow day or something. Yeah, like a long snow day with just horrible things happening every other Horrible, yeah, I mean, it was horrific. But yeah, I I look back on it and I'm just like, wow, like the amount of time that I had to really like, like do hobbies and stuff. Yeah. I miss crafting so much. Like me and Mo, like our whole like house was decorated in Halloween from stuff that we crafted. Like we spent literally two months before Halloween crafting to make our house that no one would see (laughs) Halloween themed and like I just like when am I when are we ever going to have another time Mm -hmm. in our lives like that like probably never hopefully never because that was terrifying but like but like we're we're never gonna have something like that ever again and so I think like Mm -hmm. it's weird now to look back on it like Mm -hmm. that have you taken anything from that time and like thinking about that and try and put it into your life now like I try to go on walks still because mm-hmm. that was so nice or walks, you yeah. know you I've asked my boss and in, like instead of assuming it's a nine to five like I asked my boss if I could work eight to four because I do yeah. want to have my afternoon or mm-hmm. you know like those kind of things that you learn during the pandemic yeah I mean I work six thirty to 3 so <laughs> No, that's like um that's uh, work in a facilities management division. So <laughs> we start really early. But um yeah, no, I not like too I like not too much, unfortunately. I would say like working from home, like I still have mm-hmm. a hybrid schedule and like mm-hmm. being able to like leave to go somewhere on a Thursday and then working from home at like I was in New York this weekend, so I like left Thursday worked from home on Friday in New York. And then I was just in New York, like to enjoy my time. Like that's something that's, I think really nice to come out of it. Um, yes. But unfortunately a lot of stuff has just kind of like gone back to normal mm-hmm. and like that kind of sucks. Yeah. I think for everybody that has jobs that can be hybrid, they should be remote um, or optional. But I definitely think that like any of those jobs that can be hybrid or can be remote, like what, an amazing thing that we were able to see come out of it because like you said it allows us so many so much flexibility for something that takes up so much of our day but isn't for everybody like the entirety of their identity or their passion or their everything like that's nice also too I mean the most environmentally friendly thing you can do so there you go there you go there's that yeah and so what are some of the things that make you happy Oof, oof, oof. Um, well, I feel like a lot of them might have said this. I listened to a couple of your the episodes. Um, like I think like I am my happiness definitely when I'm with the shells. Um, <laughs> because and the reason I say that the this the place that I'm at when I'm the happiest is when I have the freedom to express myself like uninhibited, like mm-hmm. I am just not holding back one second because it is so exhausting. And I think that's why I hate going physically in an office because I constantly have to pretend to be someone I'm not <laughs> um, because like who I am is like not like, office appropriate. Um, so I'm just like, I need to like catch myself. Definitely when I have the freedom to express myself and be really true to myself is when um, I'm the happiest. I will say like, 
other things that make me really happy being outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a TikTok that I felt really explained to me so well. I've never seen felt so seen, but like, so there's outdoorsy people and then there's outsidesy people. And I'm like an outside person. So like, I'm not going for, I'm not, I'm not like your dad. I'm not hiking the Appalachian trail. Um, (laughs) Like, but kudos to him. Okay. Like this is the the issue that I have is like people, like I'm a sustainability person. Right. And so like, Mm -hmm. they're like, you camp, you, you hike, you do this, like you rock climb. I'm like, no, I do not. I do not. (laughs) Um, what I do do is like, outsidey people, outside people would rather be outside than inside at all times. And I do feel that I love finding a sunbeam, like a cat laying outside, reading a book. This is a book podcast, right? <laughs> I actually read books this summer because I've been outside. And so that makes me extremely happy. When I was living with my parents, um, they have this porch, just like getting a cup of coffee. I love mornings when I don't have to do anything. And like, there is nothing like a Saturday morning when the set, like going Mm -hmm. outside on the porch and sipping on some coffee and just taking it all in. Like that is amazing. And then of course my cats. cats. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The cutest and like Goomba, one of the smartest. And Frankie too. Well, Frankie's not very smart. Um, I am locking her brother in the cabinet and leaving him there and blocking it with her body. I think that's pretty smart. (laughs) She's an evil genius, maybe. But she also, like, we also have to close, like, all the toilet, like, toilet because she will just jump into, like, she will not. (laughs) And she will just fall into the toilet. That's funny. Are they outdoor cats or do they go on, like, no. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm very adamant about making sure they're scared of the outside. Mm. (laughs) So I don't have to worry. (laughs) Yeah, being in an apartment, I don't have to worry about things being scared of the outside. I feel like Goompa would leave and never come back. Like I really do. Like he would, he would come back periodically, but like he would be out. Frankie would be scared and she would be like, this is not the life for me. But Goompa definitely like born to be an outdoor cat for sure. That's so funny. No, I agree. I like that. So maybe I don't think I'm like an outside person entirely. I really like the inside where there's no bugs and there's air conditioning. (laughs) However, when you're inside for too long or caught up in your day to day, like that first step outside into the fresh air is like really great. Or the moment where you feel the seasons changing and the smell in the air and everything like is something you can't describe or I was recently at my cousin's lake house and her family, like that's where her parents live on a lake. And like the fact that I could like walk off their, like out of their house, off their dock into the water is insane or read on the deck. Like that's beautiful. And so, or being up in the mountains, like I think I love the outside, but I love air conditioning in the outside. See, I get that. Like, I mean, I don't cause I like hot, like I actually like think that there is a deep issue in America about over air conditioning every freaking place I go I feel like I have to dress for AC instead of (laughs) actual weather outside (laughs) I have a whole I have a sweater in my office because I also have a hybrid schedule that is literally my office sweater like it sits on the back of my chair because it could be 95 degrees outside but the minute I get in my office I need a sweater yeah no I need that so how do you find a balance in your life when it comes to stress or a long day or the topics in which you're working with, what do you do? You know, to be honest, like I don't, 
<laughs> no, I mean, okay. So there are like some things I do. I will say like, I've been better in some aspects of my, like some periods of my life than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like recently, cause I, I was like thinking about this question and I was like, honestly, like I haven't been very good at doing that lately, but you know, I I'm a Pisces. I love escapism. Like that is my bread and butter. Um, I love watching TV. Um, me and Jamila put a mini like pink pool outside in our backyard. I was going to mention that during the book club <laughs> episode, cause I saw you, Jamila and Cassiel were just like reading in it yes. and it warmed my reading heart. Like I was like, it, that's the vibe for the summer. It literally has been the vibe this summer, like <laughs> literally. And then, um, I am dating this new guy and he has, he lives in Arlington and has a pool. <laughs> so look at you. I mean, catch me outside reading there. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I, like honestly, like being outside um, definitely helps balance things out for me. Um, not like I've been very adverse to, especially during the summer, my like climate grief and anxiety is like, mm. And, the, you, you know, like, um, I want to say, like, the, the things that happened in Hawaii with the wildfires in Maui mm-hmm. um, was, like, the most horrific thing I've ever heard of in my life. And, like, mm-hmm. if folks can, like, donate and, like, look for, like, mutual aid funds and stuff to, like, help folks out there, um, like, that stuff, like, is really, really hard. Um, and so... Obviously, I've been following the news a lot with that specific story, but for the most part, this whole summer, I've been really trying to avoid climate news because it's, I already know how bad it's going to be. Yeah. And it really does spiral me into like this really like, um, almost like this state of like freeze where I feel like I, like nothing I do matters or like I can't mm-hmm. like fix it. And so I've been kind of just in this like state of avoidance, which I know is like not the healthiest, but I've just been like trying really hard, which is why I've been up like I was obsessed with Scandaval just to avoid all the news. I've been reading a lot. Um, and it's been just a way for me to like not really like focus on what's going on. Yeah. No, I let yeah, it's not like the best thing, but escapism for sure and diving into yeah, like a book or a show or anything else is sometimes important for your own like mental health I think so yeah Yeah, so what would you say you're most proud of yeah um is it okay if I talk about Utah because I will talk because that is something you can talk about whatever you're comfortable with yeah no so and I I am because I've talked about this a lot as you know Um, and that's something that I'm proud of. So, um, for the viewers, um, and something that really changed my life, um, was I moved to Utah a few years ago. When did I move? Like 2018. Mm-hmm. And when I was out there, I um, I found myself in a very like abusive relationship, which like if anyone's ever been there, like they understand that it just like happens so quickly and you just don't even realize it's like that analogy of like the frog being in like the water and it's heating up and then it's like boiling and you're like, what is this? Um, and yeah, so I, I met this, this guy and it's so crazy because when I met him, 
I've never felt this way before, but like, I felt like I had met him before. Like, mm. and I, like it was so weird. Utah's a weird place. I had such a weird experience there. <laughs> um, I was having deja vu constantly. Like it was crazy. That's um, weird. No, it was, it was a super weird experience, but um, yeah. And it just, things got to a head. So it started out as just like being not just, (laughs) this is horrific too, but like becoming a really emotionally abusive relationship. And to the point where like, I was, you know, my self-esteem was like, so like I had no self-worth like, and I remember, and it's, it's crazy. Cause I was out in Utah. So I was really isolated, like away from my friends. And then he was isolating me away from a lot of people. Cause that's what abusers do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came home for, for Christmas that, that year. And I remember like talking to my friends, my family, and kind of just like realizing that like all of these things that he was saying about me, or making me believe about myself. Like it was kind of starting to crack when I was around them. I was like, wait, everybody doesn't hate me. Like I'm not a bad person, you know? Like, and so I, I went back there and I was supposed to do another year. I was doing AmeriCorps out there. I was supposed to do another year of service and me and him were living together. And, um, I was kind of like, after this year, dude, like I'm, I felt this like really deep sense to go back to Virginia. I was like, I'm going back to Virginia and you're not coming with me. And if like, you're not okay with that, like we should break up, you know? And I can't stress enough of like, like how I feel like sometimes, and I I think the narrative is changing now, but like how people trivialize emotional abuse and how it can be so like, I did not realize how dangerous of a situation I was in. Like I had no idea. And yeah, it was at that point when I was like, we're going to break up where he got like extremely physical, like held me in an apartment for like seven hours against my will. I really thought like I was going to die. And luckily I got out of that situation. I was so lucky. I was so, so, so lucky. I like, can't even believe how lucky I am that I got out of that alive. But the thing that I'm most proud of going back to your original question is like that completely changed the way that I look at everything. I think like one, having a near death experience, like the sense of gratitude that I had coming back home and just um, everything. But it also made me realize like I'm never going to let and this isn't victim blaming. It's just a realization I had like. I'm never going to let someone make me believe that about myself ever again. Like it was just this thing of like this immense amount of self-love that came out of it Mm -hmm. and confidence. And then also too, like I became so much closer to my family and my friends. I was a person and we kind of talked about this in the beginning of how like, you're like, I kind of didn't like, you're kind of aloof or whatever. I used to never talk about my feelings. Mm-hmm. I used to never talk about anything that ever happened to me. It was like, I couldn't do it. And once I came out of Utah, I started writing poetry. I would go to open mic nights every week. I would drive down to Richmond and I would read poetry about this relationship that I was in and these realizations. And I would, I would tell people my story. And like, every time I would do that, some somebody would come up to me like, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my, and then, then they would share their story with me. Yeah. I realized just like to the power of stories, it's insane. Um, And so, yeah, I would say like, I'm most proud of just like 
the the healing journey that I went through after um because I realized too I was like this is this experience in my life is going to impact potentially negatively impact every single relationship I have in my life Mm -hmm. and so I have to be very very adamant about the way that I view this situation that happened and the way that I heal from it Mm -hmm. or I'm going to spend my whole life because my ex-partner like not to not to um give any excuses he had an incredibly traumatic childhood like there's a reason why people act certain ways and like I have empathy towards that, but it was kind of just like me seeing that and being like abuse, like there's a cycle of abuse Mm -hmm. and I don't want to continue that cycle. So I'm going to fucking work so hard and so intentionally about making sure that I don't do that to other people and that I don't project and that I really focus on myself and healing from this like incredibly traumatic thing that happened. So I'm incredibly proud of that, that I, that I got out alive and I, I actually like came out better. Like I have weirdly enough, a lot of gratitude for that experience because it brought a lot of really amazing things in my life that I would not give up. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I think you're incredibly strong to have gone through that, to sit here and even talk about it and also to give, I know I've reached out to you you know, after that time, because I knew somebody that was in a similar situation. And like, I asked you for, you know, advice or help, or like, how can I help? And, you know, I think that you're incredibly strong. And I think that you're incredibly courageous. And I think that amazing. And that's a beautiful thing that you can come out of something traumatic and find it find a light or find something to guide and like heal yourself and help others. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I do on that. Thanks, man. It was, it's, it's still, I mean, I say it was a long journey. I mean, it still is like, you know, like, yeah, does not go away. Yeah. And healing is like, I think I thought like healing was like a very like linear and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then it was so funny when COVID happened. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> I still yeah. have really horrific anxiety. Like it like super triggered that like a lot of yeah. people. And I was like, I still have it. You'll like, it's like, it's a lifelong journey of just yeah. like a cycle of like, mm-hmm. and two being really okay with, you know, regressing and then mm-hmm. moving forward again. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's really wild. Yeah. N- nothing necessarily in comparison, but I think like trauma or whatever kind that it is, however big or small, you never know how it mm-hmm. will hit you or when it will, or when like you'll have kind of a lapse in what you thought you had worked through or, mm-hmm. and then kind of having to redeal with that is really difficult. And I think also, like you said, you know, some people don't truly know or understand how hard you know emotional abuse can be and like the true magnitude of it and I think that with that said on a smaller scale there are things that happen in people's lives that I think other people around them negate how serious it is or just you have no idea how that'll affect somebody Mm -hmm. and so and you have no idea the lasting impression that that is and like what that does to them and I think understanding having compassion and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's trauma is a wild thing. Mm. Like you said, you just, I think as a kid, you think 
like you put a bandaid on something and it heals and that's, it doesn't always heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like trauma, like completely rewires your brain. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and there's like studies and I know we're going to go to the book talk thing, but like, um, the body keeps score, like Mm -hmm. that looks like really amazing and kind of talks a lot about this. Um, but yeah. And, you know, obviously every trauma has like a different size or whatever, but like trauma is the size of like how you felt it when you felt it Mm -hmm. and how it impacted you. And I'm really glad that like, as a society, we're talking a lot more about it. And two, that like PTSD isn't just something that like Mm -hmm. we thought of with like veterans and stuff. Like it's something that is like a lot ubiquitous than we could even imagine and so it's really awesome that um I feel like there's like this space now to like really openly talk about it and Mm -hmm. not feel shamed and sorry Goomba is like (laughs) he's like he's up here I've got a shelf on my desk and I'm just he usually jumps down here no he's going the other way okay I don't know I don't know if this correlates in any way but you kind of just said that like in some way that situation, you know, taught you something and you have gratitude for it. So sidestepping into one of my questions, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yeah. I mean, so I'm never going to push that idea on um, anybody else's life story. It's really interesting when I was going through therapy after Utah, my therapist was awesome. Like so awesome. Um, I'm a big advocate for therapy people. We've been saying this. Yes. uh, Therapy is great. And Mm -hmm. especially if you have a a awesome therapist. So Mm -hmm. I remember I was like, I was telling her because I, the first like two months I came home after this, like I was in a, I was in a wreck and obviously, mm-hmm. um, and there was this weird, interesting, like trajectory of when I started writing poetry and I started, I do a lot of tarot and all, all that different stuff. Um, I, I started to like view my experience as, like I said, like something that taught me a lot because I was starting to really elevate and grow as a person and mm-hmm. become who I really was like for the Mm -hmm. first time in my life, I was like being really true to myself and that Mm -hmm. felt really great. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my, my therapist this and she was like, you know, like no matter what, like, like studies have shown that like when people do view like big life events like that in that way that it does help them like emotionally Mm -hmm. heal. So I think no matter what, like if I believe or don't believe, like I, I do just for my own personal sake, because if I didn't, I would have a hard time existing. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, I don't like necessarily, and, and that's too, like, I would never like someone telling me their own story, be like, you know, but that, that happened for a reason, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. the worst thing ever. So I feel weird yeah. saying like, I believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like, in my life, it does. And yeah. that makes me just exist through this crazy mm-hmm. planet, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, like, it's, I do tarot. So yeah. like, I, I do believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to say that regardless of whether you believe everything happens for a reason or not, at the end of the day, shit happens. And so it's really about how you handle it, how you learn from it, if you learn from it and like what you take from it, that's going to impact kind of the next steps. For sure, man. 100. And so then do you believe in regret? Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. 
Regret can be really, well, okay. So I used to say I didn't have any regrets in life. I more so regret things when like, I genuinely feel like I could, like I did something that hurt somebody else. Mm. And like, I have guilt about it. And so like, I did something that I wasn't necessarily proud of and I didn't like, Mm -hmm. and I felt a sense of regret. And I was like, wow, I've never felt this way before. So I do believe in it. I used to say like, I never have regrets. And I I think before that I would have been like, no, I don't believe in regret, but I do. (laughs) Yeah. That's a different type of regret. Cause you, you truly like, I think about this, if I hurt somebody's feelings or I say something that hurts your feelings or whatever that like, you can't take that back. Yeah. And so obviously there's an apology, accountability, and a change in the pattern of your behavior. But then as like a human being with that guilt, I feel like, wow, I can't take that back. That happened. Like how, mm-hmm. how am I sure that we're moving forward from this? And like, Ooh, that's yeah. like a painful regret, I think. Yeah, man, it can be, it can be really painful. And so I think like experience that I was just like, dang, dude, uh, it, it, I th- it sucks too. And you're just like, I know I could have done better. Like I yeah. didn't, I'm so much better than that. I don't know why I did that. You know, like, I think that's like my biggest thing. I'm just like, why did I, I, I know I could have acted better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's the part of like healing too. And you're just like, now you're like aware of your patterns yeah. But it's like when your actions don't change, you're still self-aware and you're like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, but you know, yeah. always show yourself compassion. Yeah. Be able <laughs> to forgive. Yeah. 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 And learn from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what is, what do you want more of in your life? Freedom. Mm. Yeah. I mean, flexibility. I think, like we were talking about like obviously I don't regret like entering the profession that I did but um like (laughs) I've been like seeing stuff about like being a notary and like how much flexibility you have in your schedule and stuff like that and um you know when I came back to Virginia from Utah I spent a whole year where I was just back working in restaurants and I worked about like 20 hours a week Uh, My parents were gracious enough to let me live with them. Um, And that was like the happiest I've ever been in my life. (laughs) And like, I miss that so much. I miss the freedom of like, I would just wake up in the morning. I would still wake up early, but like turn on music videos, start listening to music, start getting inspiration, just start writing. And I'm like, let me get a cup of coffee. Like, and it just was like, it sounds so trivial, but like, it just was so amazing. And like, that's what I want more in my life. It's just <laughs> like, I just don't like being tied down by a schedule. And like, why do I have to be in an office eight hours a day? Like, it seems just a little excessive. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Like I'm confused on like who created the system. And then we're all just like, no, this is the system. Mm -hmm. Even though like we all know it's stupid. Like it's just like we let these like, um, you know, capitalists, like one percenters decide that 40 hours was full-time work when like also too, we have the tech and productivity is the highest it's ever been that like we don't need to be working 40 hours a week. Like, come on, yeah. stop with the games. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the same 
the same leaders that are like all of a sudden panicking, needing all of their employees to be back in the office because they feel like they've lost control with them working from home. Yet, I'd like to see if they actually are not doing their job. Like, what are you really afraid of? Because I also think like personally, my social life doesn't come from my job. No, it hasn't. Like, it's nice to have like the conversations and to meet the people and whatever like that's fine but it doesn't always come from that that to force me to be in an office so that Cheryl and I can talk for two hours at my desk where I don't get to even do my work anyway to fill that eight hours yeah exactly so yeah I just I think I want more like freedom and flexibility in my life I think also too I want to follow through with things more. I'm really bad at following through. Like I get really obsessed with things and then I drop them. Always have been my whole life. And like, it does kind of like bum sometimes. Like mm-hmm. there, And I like, I feel so proud of myself when I do follow through with things. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. I have, a, I've accomplished things and stuff like, but I just like wish I would stick to one thing, mm-hmm. you know? But isn't it kind of nice to be a jack of all trades? Like, isn't it kind of nice to dabble in all of these? That's what I hate when people ask me. What's your five year? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's cool. When people ask me at like work or job interviews where there's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I just think to myself, like, I don't know. Like, I may want to do a bunch of different things. I may never love one thing enough to like do it for the rest of my life. I may want to pick up a hobby here and there. It may fail and I move on. But mm-hmm. There's something to that. I mean, I'm obsessed with change. Like, and it's ironic because like I'm a climate change professional. I'm trying to stop change, but (laughs) like I need a lot of change in my life. Um, I thrive in a changing, not environment out there, but my internal environment. (laughs) So what does a good life look like to you? Like at the end of your life, you look back and you're like, I had a good life honestly being with my best friends like a good life to me is like I'm so obsessed with this idea and I pray it happens but I don't it's so hard to make it happen because like all of our lives are going in like such different directions but like I need you know the the cul-de-sac I need (laughs) all of my best friends (laughs) to live in one cul-de-sac or maybe Mm -hmm. even to like a town like Stars Hollow we're going to Fillmore Girls like yeah and like, I need to be just able to access them 24 seven, whenever <laughs> I want. I heard someone say this where they were like, when you're younger, you're experiencing life with your friends together. Cause you're going to the same school. You see them every day for hours on end. Mm-hmm. But then when you're an adult, it's pretty much like you're verbal verbalizing your life to them and just explaining yeah. life to them. And I hate that. And I, I just want like to experience life with my best friends. Like I need them around me. Yeah. I think like, that's like, I pray that that happens. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. a retirement home. I don't know. But like, when I look back at my life, like if I were to plan on having kids, like I would want all of my best friends to be like deeply integrated into their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, 
just to like have a community together. So like yeah. that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's funny that like sitcoms also have given us the false hope. Like if you watch Friends or How I Met Your Mother, especially yeah. something like Friends where they li- literally lived across the hall from one another. And I just also always imagined that we'd all end up in the same city. We'd all end up near one another. And like, it never occurred to me that somebody yeah. would move like that's wild to me but yeah and I definitely thought you were going to say that you guys were all going to buy that land in Montana and just like live on a ranch that was okay but not everybody <laughs> can decide on and I think that was really like when me and Mo were like hyper into that I was like look <laughs> I've been looking at the maps about climate change mm-hmm. Montana is one of the states that I think is going to be most ideal so we should buy land out there mm-hmm. while it's cheap mm-hmm. and start a community. And I mean, I'm still really into that idea. I just think like a lot of the girls might not be so much into homesteading. <laughs> well, if they want to all be together, maybe they need to get on board. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. And so how do you want to be remembered? Um, As I think like I really just want to be remembered as someone that is really like empathetic and compassionate to others. Like life is really, really lonely and it can like the things that we experience and the feelings that we have are so like not and it's not to be like you're not unique, but it's so like not unique to us. Mm -hmm. But it, it feels that way when we're experiencing them. And that is an incredibly isolating feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, I love, I love having deep conversations with people. I love when people tell me their stories and I love connecting with people in that way. And it, it makes me feel less lonely and I'm sure it makes them feel less lonely too. And so I think if I'm just like remembered in that way of like, mm-hmm. that's the person that you go to, to like talk about your feelings, to talk about all of these things um, so that you don't feel so isolated that would be great <laughs> yeah that's beautiful yeah and so what are you pursuing in this chapter of your life man I don't know I'm really <laughs> trying to figure life out like I like am so confused like I'm I'm really trying to I think enjoy the last of my 20s and You're telling me yeah <laughs> We had this conversation. I mean, like, I think that my early 30s will probably feel like this too. But like, I feel this like urge to just soak up every single moment and quit my job and just like, do whatever. Like, that's like, that's like where I'm at right now where I'm just like, should I just like dip out? (laughs) So I don't know. No, I've heard your 30s are great. I mean, look, like Sex and the City. That's where we're going. That's where we're that's where we're leading to. I Which know. I mean, like they were having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so here is my last and favorite question to ask. Mm. Kayla, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? Oh, I would I would I started writing a book of poetry when I was writing a lot. And I think like, if I knew I wouldn't fail, I probably would have like tried to like publish that. Oh my gosh, you still can. You can like self-publish it. I could, I could, but you know me, through is hard. (laughs) This is where I wish I worked in like publishing and I could be somebody's like editor or something and like push this through. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would do that. I think I also would... 
I don't know, like start a business or something. I like I would love that. to own something. Mm-hmm. You would also have your own schedule. You'd be your own boss, which seems very you. Yeah, I have such an issue with authority. It's like <laughs> so bad. And I blame my parents because like there wasn't a ton of like there were rule. Obviously, my parents like didn't let me like run with scissors, right? But like, <laughs> but, like I grew up in a very like not strict household. So like I don't like when I experience like rules and stuff, I'm like, what is it? Why are you telling me what to do? Like, <laughs> like don't understand it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I hope that you publish a book of poetry one day or post it somewhere or something. I think it's amazing that you go and actually, you know, read poetry aloud. And that was, that's amazing. That's super cool. And how brave of you to even do that. Like everybody's very, very nice. So that helps. Okay. (laughs) But where I was going, people were very kind. (laughs) That's good then. I love that. Uh, Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for doing this. And I, you know, I thank everybody who is a guest on this podcast for being open and honest and sharing a bit of themselves with the public. I think that you did that more than I could have even asked or anticipated. (laughs) And I'm thankful and I'm also appreciative and I'm honored that you feel comfortable enough to do so on this platform. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me and giving me a platform (laughs) to share my story. I appreciate it. And everybody stay tuned because Kayla will be back for a book club episode later this week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Instagram at unofficialbookclubpod. Please don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time.